Church, good to see you guys. How is everybody? All right, let's get ready for the Word of God today. You guys ready? Ready to break open the Word, amen? Aren't you grateful for God's presence when His saints gather together? Amen? Yes. Well, let me ask you to go ahead and uh, join me in opening up your Bibles. to. We're going to be in two places today. First, we're going to be starting in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and then after you turn there, go over to the Old Testament and hold a spot in Psalm 23. Psalm 23. So John 10, and then Psalm 23. It's good to be back in the pulpit. Been out for, well, the month of July. I was out for two weeks. Uh, Me and several of our uh, church family, we were out in Arizona on the... um, White Mountain Apache Indian Reservation for a, a, a mission trip, as you've heard a few uh, reports on that. But next Sunday, we're going to be having a special Sunday, Missions Day, and uh, we're actually going to be sharing a full story and report and uh, all the good uh, and everything that happened on that trip. And gonna we got a lot of pictures and a lot of stories to share with you. want you to know uh, what went on, as well as uh, go ahead and sow some seed into your heart and to your faith and vision for next year. We want our goal. My my aim is to take more of us out uh, out west next year, so you can be thinking and praying about that, and perhaps how God could use you uh, in in missions. And so, so that's next Sunday that you're gonna want to be a part of that Sunday morning as we share on that. John ten, everybody there. Some of you are there. John ten. It's also going to be on our screen. You can follow along with us as well in case you don't have your Bible with you or your smartphone isn't working uh, or any of that stuff. All right, let's look at John 10, verse 1. It says, this is the words of Christ. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice. Can you say, recognize his voice? And they come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him, because they know his voice. Can you say, because they know his voice? They won't follow a stranger, and they will run from him because they don't know the stranger's voice. Let's pray over this word today. Father God, thank you for our church and our time to gather together in your name and in your presence. And now as we open your word, We pray that you would truly speak to our hearts, that you would truly open our eyes to what you want to show us in your word. Open our ears, O God, to help us hear and give us an understanding mind and a willing heart to follow, obey, and trust you in faith. I ask for your help now, Holy Spirit, to deliver your message, and we give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's take a look at this picture here. 
I saw this on Facebook. It says, you know that little voice in your head that keeps you from saying things you shouldn't? Yeah, I should probably get one of those. Anybody ever been there, done that? That little voice in your head that says, I really shouldn't say that, or I did say that, and yeah. Talking about voices. Anybody ever have voices in your head? You don't have to admit that. Please don't admit that today. Not at least openly, okay? Uh, We don't want people to think we're crazy or anything like that. I was reading a a, a post, someone posted the other day on Facebook, and they they, said, they said, I've got, to really, I've got to get used to eating lunch by myself because I spent the whole 20 minutes talking to myself. Anybody ever find themselves doing that? No? At least you're not going to admit that. Today I want to talk to you on the subject about knowing the voice of God. Knowing the voice of God. You know, we live in a day and time where it is imperative that we learn to develop an ear to hear God's voice. With so many voices in our world, so many voices that we're exposed to every day on TV, all the outlets of media, through things we read, through different people that we engage, through conversations we shouldn't eavesdrop on, but we do anyway, and hear stuff we shouldn't hear. There's all kinds of voices, not to mention the unseen that happen in the supernatural realm that the enemy tries to plague us with voices of doubt and deception lots of voices but there's really only one true voice that you and I need to concentrate on following and listening to and that is the voice of our shepherd in this story in John's gospel Jesus is talking and he's saying hey he goes on to explain in this whole story and what he's getting at he said I am the, sh- I am the shepherd and you are my sheep and you If you are my sheep, then you will follow my voice, the voice of a stranger you don't understand, you don't recognize. It was uh, sometime in the middle of of my uh, college years, particularly in my Bible college years, where I was kind of coming to the conclusion of, of, of Bible college study and life and getting close to graduating and praying and just trying to discern my future and what what happens. I didn't have any kind of ministry job uh, promise or any of that. Uh, I was serving and making myself available, but uh, still trying to figure that whole thing out. Uh, Not married, praying about the future and different things to that nature. Some pretty big steps, some pretty big things around the corner. And and I was kind of thinking about about life and, and, and my relationship with the Lord and how really... I was kind of wondering, have I really heard God's voice in what I'm doing? And, Lord, if I, if I doubt that now, I kind of wonder what that will be like for me down the road when some even bigger things in life come up and I've got to make some choices and make some decisions. And I want to make sure that I'm hearing your voice and that I am actually following your voice. And so... Uh, I was still living at home at the time in college, and so I was, went to run an errand for my parents. I had a, I had a, a, a 1983 BMW 320i, and I know that sounds really cool, but the car was in bad shape. It did not have air conditioning. Uh, it was hot as you know what in the summertime. Very hot. And... So you can imagine that driving in this heat with no air conditioning. If you if you if you're in that experience now, 
God be with you, and may you get AC very soon. Um, but anyway, it was at nighttime. I went to run an errand, and, and I lived in a small town where I was from, or somewhat small, a lot smaller than Jackson. And, and I was running uptown to run an errand, and, and, um, and, and I was, again, thinking about hearing God's voice and knowing God's voice. And, and uh, I, I felt like this thought hit my mind, and, and that was this. As I was driving, I saw a, 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 like a, another college-age guy walking down one of the main roads, and and I passed him, and I, and I sensed and kind of felt that the Lord was saying, offer him a ride, all right? And that's something I just don't do, uh, period, no matter what. Uh, and it has to be that I have to know that the Lord wants me to do that, and that I'm not putting anybody else in danger of doing that. But I was like, what, really? For real? And, and, and I went on down about a block or two, and the thought wouldn't leave my, wouldn't leave my mind. And so I turned around and came back, and... Rolled the window down, and, and it was by hand. And, you know, I didn't have electric, so I had to reach across, you know, roll, roll it down. And it was a, a five-speed, too, so I'm, you know, navigating the stick and the clutch and the brake and, and rolling, it, rolling the window down and, and all that stuff. And, you know, that's a lot of action going on when you have all that going on. And, and uh, you know, it's the no heat, or excuse me, no air and uh, blowing so it was, it was warm and anyway and I, and I rolled the wind got the window down and I said, and, and I said hey man um, you need a you need a rod and he, he said no I'm good I'm good and I said okay are you sure and he's like yeah good I said all right so I go on down make the turn back up and come back into town and I'm kind of talking and praying to the Lord I say Lord you told me to offer him a ride he didn't even get in what's that all about I didn't have air conditioning <laughs> that could be true and, and, he, and I had this little conversation, and, he's, and I felt like the Lord was saying, Hey, I didn't tell you he was going to accept the ride. I just asked you to offer him a ride. You know, and sometimes it's like that. God just kind of puts us to the test to see whether or not we really will listen and if we will obey. And because what I had in mind was I offer the right, he gets in, I take him home, maybe talk to him about the Lord, pray with him, whatever it is, you know, doing my whole Bible-thumping thing in Bible college, you know, like you're taught to do and all that stuff and break down the whole four Gospels and the whole book of Revelation and make it make sense. And, and none of that happened. It was just offer him a ride. And he said no, and that was the conversation I had, and it was the point being between the Lord and myself was, Hey, you actually heard God's voice. It didn't happen. It didn't, the out, outcome wasn't what you thought it would be, but the outcome was what God intended it to be, and that was you listened. You listened. You know, with a lot of voices that we can be exposed today, there's only one that really matters, and that is God's voice, the voice of the shepherd. And so Jesus' point here in John 10 is that, hey, the sheep who know the shepherd's voice, which is Jesus, they will follow him. And the voice of a stranger, they won't follow because they don't know it. They don't recognize it. They don't understand it. In fact, isn't that what we as parents teach our children from day one? Is never talk to strangers? Unless you're my one-year-old who waves and says hi to everybody. And, and, and that happened to us. We were, we were out a week or so ago out in the public and... and, uh, and, and she was saying hi and all this, and people were stopping and saying hi. And one person said, hey, doesn't your parents teach you not to talk to strangers? And I'm like, yeah, but just wave hi and say 
high anyway, all right? So, and, uh, but it, it, that's one of the things that we teach our kids to do and not to do. And so, why? Because there is the one voice that stands out the strongest and the loudest in whatever crowd, in whatever chaos, in whatever, in whatever situation. That's the voice of mom and the voice of dad. They're going to hear and know that voice. You could, be, you could be down the road, and mom calls your first, middle, and last name, and you know she means business, and so you better get home as fast as you can. And, and so when you, especially when you got all three names, or maybe in some cases four or five names going on. And so, uh, but the voice of the one that matters. And so, because as growing up, that's, that's really, to our children, that's what God's voice sounds like. It sounds like mom and it sounds like dad. Because mom and dad are the spiritual leaders and authority in our, in, in our kids' lives. And so in order to teach our kids how to, to grow up to know God's voice, we've got to teach them first to recognize our voice and to take our voice serious. That's why it's, it's a difficult thing navigating and parenting kids. I'm, I'm only nine years into this thing. And it got three different stages, and I'm struggling at all three at different times. And uh, they all three think they know more than I do. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, it's, it's a little difficult at times to get them to just stop and listen and to actually obey the first time. But what I'm trying to teach them throughout life is that, hey, if you will do that with me, then when God speaks to you, you will do that with him. Amen? And so the, the, the voice of our shepherd is the voice that we need to get closest to and recognize the most because to follow Jesus is to know his voice. To follow Jesus is to actually know his voice. In the Old Testament, God spoke to a whole lot of people audibly. Adam and Eve, Abraham, Moses, Jacob, Elijah, a lot of different folks, Gideon, David, Samuel. God even spoke through prophets, prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joel and Micah, and many others. In the New Testament, you see Jesus speaking to his first disciples, him being right there with them, speaking to them. You see um, in Acts Chapter 9, you, you hear and read about the story about uh, Paul hearing the audible voice of Jesus to him, knocking him off his high horse, and he becomes converted and becomes born again. You also can read in John, uh, excuse me, in the book of Revelation, where Jesus speaks to John the Revelator, and he writes down what he hears Jesus speaking to him. You also, in the New Testament, you can read different stories where God speaks audibly. He spoke audibly at uh, the baptism of Jesus. He also spoke audibly at the Mount of Transfiguration and that whole experience. And the thing about it is outside of the Gospels, outside of the Gospels, it's not so much as God's audible voice speaking to us as much as it is God's voice speaking in us and through us. Do you have the whole two-thirds of the New Testament, the epistles, which are letters written by spiritual authority figures to the church, to God's people, where those letters are given as instruction to teach us, to encourage us, to correct us, to 
uh, build us up, to lead us and guide us, etc. All those things. And then also we have in our lives, we have the Holy Spirit who is God with us and God in us. You have God, the Holy Spirit in us to do the same thing, to lead us, to guide us, to correct us, to encourage us, to build us up and to help lead our lives according to the scriptures. And the thing about it is this, God's voice will never contradict God's word. Okay, God cannot contradict himself and he will not do that. So his voice, that when he speaks to us, it will never contradict what he has already put down in writing as this official version of his Bible, of his word, okay, of our holy Bible. So remember that as you move along in life. Remember that as you move along in decisions and different things, that his voice will never contradict his word. I mean, you've got God in the Old Testament speaking audibly. You've got God in the New Testament through the Holy Spirit speaking internally. And so how in the world does God guide his people? He guides by the standard that he's already written. And so the way that God gets his people to do what he wants and has for them and has for us so that we're all not kind of getting our own idea and doing our own thing, even though I know that happens because flesh gets involved, man's ego gets involved, and pride gets involved, and our know-it-all attitude gets involved. But if we will all just come back to what's already been written, then we will never be led astray, and we will never contradict what God has for His purpose in our life. So His word or His voice will never contradict his word at any given time. Let's flip over to the Old Testament to Psalm 23. I'm going to take these last few minutes and we're going to look at Psalm 23. I preached a message out of Psalm 23 back in the fall, but it's a different uh, scenario, mostly focusing on, on verse 1 about the Lord being our shepherd and the different meanings involved in that. But today I want to take Psalm 23. I believe Psalm 23 outlines really five things that God's voice does in our life. I want to look at five things that God's voice does in our life according to what Psalm 23 states. This is written by David, a psalmist, a shepherd, and a king. Let's look at verse 1 and 2. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green pastures or meadows, and he leads me beside peaceful streams. The voice of God equips us. The voice of God equips us. Green pastures, peaceful streams. In other words, the voice of God is going to give us what we need. God's not going to tell us something that's not good for us, but he's going to speak the things to us that are necessary and beneficial for us. God's voice is going to feed us what is best for our spiritual diet, what is best for the nourishment of our soul. His aim and his goal is to get inside of us all the necessary things that are going to help us to become more like Christ and to become more devoted to him and a closer follower of Jesus, to become a greater representative of Christ on this earth. That's how God wants to use his people, the church, in this 
planet, on this planet. And so God's voice equips us. He teaches us. He puts inside of us what, we, what, we are, what is required of us, what is required for us, what we need to grow how we need to have the ability to become more like him and change, etc., etc. So, David here speaks of green pastures and peaceful streams that the Lord, our shepherd, takes us and puts us in the right place at the right time to feed what we need. Anybody ever, you ever read something out of the Word of God and it was just like, man, that was just perfect for what I needed to see? Anybody ever been there? You get there, you read that, and you see a scripture, you see maybe a whole story, a whole chapter, or, or a couple of things working together, and it just seems like, man, that is perfect. That is exactly what I needed at this moment. Or maybe you read a devotion that someone else has written, and, and you happen to read it at that particular day, that particular season and moment in your life, and you're like, man, that is exactly what I needed to hear. Or it's like, man, your pastor preaches the word that you just, it just sits well with you like today. It just is sitting well with you, right? This word is exactly what you needed to hear. I've been gone for four weeks, so I need a little pat on the back, okay? So So the result then in listening to God's voice, in God's voice equipping us, means that we will grow in godliness. We will grow in godliness. So if we don't listen to God's voice. We cannot be equipped. We cannot be a recipient of the spiritual things that God wants to speak to our life. Therefore, we won't grow. We will not grow. Let's look at verse 3. The Lord is my shepherd. He renews my strength or restores my soul, for he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. The voice of God evangelizes me. God's voice reaches out to me. God's voice calls out to me. The only way you and I got saved and got to know God and become His child and to recognize all that, it's not our doing, it's God's doing. It's His voice. His voice was reaching out to you. Some of you are at church today because you just sense that, man, I just need to be at church today. Something is telling me I need to be at church. That something telling you is God's voice. God's voice is not going to tell you, won't you just sit home, smoke crack, and get high? God's voice is not going to tell you, hey, why don't you go ahead and have that affair? You deserve it, right? God's voice isn't going to tell you, you know what, you deserve that. Go ahead and steal it and take it. You worked hard. No, why? Because God's voice isn't going to contradict his word. Now, it might make you happy and you might think justifiably of what you're doing. But in the end, it'll just lead to a bad place. God's voice evangelizes us. God's voice calls out to you and me. So that voice you hear that says, man, I feel like I need to pray. Something's telling me to pray. That ain't your stomach. That is God's voice. Why? Because God's voice wants to bring you closer to him. Sometimes you feel like, man, something's telling me, I just need to call my brother and say, I need to be a life group. I need to go and just, I need to go meet with them and let, let us 
conversate a little bit, encourage one another. That is God's voice telling you that because He knows what you have need of and what others have need of that God wants to say and do through you. Amen? It's not always about receiving, but it's also about being in a position to also give to other people as God has freely given unto you. God's voice evangelizes. He leads us to himself. So the result of listening and knowing God's voice means that we will get closer to him. Anybody want to get closer to the Lord? Anybody, in any saint in here want to get closer to God? Any born-again believer, you want to get closer to God? Then you know what that means? That means we've got to listen and know his voice. It's his voice that calls out. His voice doesn't say, you know what, just skip church for the next three weeks. No, his voice says, you need to be in my house with my people. And how many times, come on, let's just get honest. How many times you, you didn't feel like coming, but you came and you, and you came and you left, and you're like, man, I'm so glad I went today. Why? Because God's voice got you there. I know you got yourself dressed and you got yourself ready and you put yourself in a car and you drove or whatever it was, but it was God's voice that instigated and inspired you to be where you needed to be. Why? Because God's voice evangelizes you. He calls out. He reaches out. He leads you to himself. Let's look at verse 4. Talking about knowing the voice of God. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. God's voice establishes me. God's voice establishes me. When I walk, David said, through whatever it is I walk through, I won't be afraid. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they protect and they comfort me. God's voice establishes me. It makes me secure and it makes me strong. Anybody ever had overwhelming fear and anxiety ever hit you? Anybody ever have moments where you were just afraid or maybe you were unsure about some things in your life? Unclear as to, man, I don't know how this is going to work out. It feels like my whole world has turned upside down. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I lack the mental fortitude right now to comprehend how in the world this is all going to balance out and work out for my good. I know Scripture says... All things work together for the good of those who love God and who are actively engaged in His purpose for their life. But how is it going to do that? It's knowing that God's voice, listening and following God's voice through whatever dark valley you may go through and not stop following his voice. If it were pitch black in here and we could not see a thing and the only voice you could hear was my voice and you didn't really know where I was at the moment, but if I just kept saying, follow me, come here, come closer, come close this way, this way, this way, you would eventually get close to my voice and I would lead you out of this dark room. That's how God's voice works when we go through deep and dark places and situations in our life. 
And sometimes they seem to last for a while. But if we will not stop, notice the words, wording that David used. He said, even when I walk through, meaning he didn't stop. I once heard someone say, when you're going through hell, don't stop. Don't stay there. Don't stop. Don't linger. Don't think, well, this must be it. This must be all there is. Because think about it. If you would have stopped there, you wouldn't be where you are today. God always has a better plan. God always has a higher plateau for you to get to. God always has a more purpose-driven plan for your life than what you may be even experiencing right now. Don't stop, but press through, walk through. But you don't walk through in your own accord. You walk listening to the voice of God that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I won't be afraid, God. I don't understand this moment. I don't get why this is happening to me. It, it's hard to t contend with and deal with, but I will not stop. I will keep pressing forward. I will keep praising your name, and I know that you will lead me through this because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, man, they comfort me. They help me. They protect me, and they also help to guide and lead me as long as I follow your voice. The voice of God establishes us. The result will be as we listen to the, to the voice of God, and that is we will become more secure in Him. We will become more secure in God, which is exactly what God has in mind for each of us. To become less secure in ourself and our ability and what you and I can actually fabricate and manufacture and do in our own abilities and strength, and that is to become more dependent and secure in what God can do. Amen? This helping anybody? All right, moving on, verse 5. David says, The Lord is my shepherd. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. The voice of God empowers me. The voice of God empowers me. You know... Our words can either add life or add death. They can bring life or they can bring death. They can bring blessing or they can bring cursing. And depending on what we say and how we say it, God's voice in our life can bring life and is to bring life. His intent is to give us life. And it's His voice that empowers us. David says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies and you, you honor me by anointing my head. God's voice empowers us, meaning that God's voice makes me to become more of what He sees me becoming. That we oftentimes don't understand, realize, even have the ability to see and perceive all that God wants to do in us and what He wants to make us to become. And so oftentimes we give up on dreams, we give up on hope, we give up on destiny, we give up on purpose, we give up on actually trying and changing and even giving it a shot. Why? Because every time we've done that, it seems we take two steps forward and four steps back. 
And so oftentimes we find ourselves in a place in a predicament of, of disappointment because we tried to give things over to God. We tried to quit this. We tried to turn that over. We tried to surrender this to the Lord. And it just gets harder and harder and harder. Absolutely it gets harder because God wants you to be more dependent on His strength and His grace and not so much on your ability. There are things in your life right now that the Lord is challenging you to stop and change and go a different direction. He's putting some thoughts in your mind and some little drops of inspiration in you to, to, to have some hope and, and, some, and some inspiration again. And, and it's going to require you to trust that the, it's, the, it's the voice of God that's going to empower you to actually become what He sees you becoming. Some of you are trying to become better husbands and better dads and better wives and better mothers and better daughters and better sons, etc., etc., etc. And God says, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can and yes, you will, but you've got to let me be your strength. Because you see, you're going you're gonna to have that, those days where you fall. You're going to have those moments where you trip. And you're going to be tempted to be overcome with shame and ridicule and feel bad about yourself and feel sorry for yourself and look at everybody else. They're getting ahead. They're getting theirs. They're doing this. But me, I seem to be stuck in my cycle of sin. And I'm on repeat, 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 and repeat and repeat. We're on a bridge and Pete jumped off. Who would be left? Repeat, repeat, repeat. But it's... I'm glad I got this front row here. <laughs> they, they at least laugh, even though they like, you're crazy. They at least laugh. God's voice, he empowers us to become what you and I are really meant to be in him. So quit listening to the voice of the stranger. Quit listening to the voice of the coworker. Quit listening to the voice of whoever who tells you, you know what? Stop. You, 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 don't, you don't have enough in you to get that promotion. You don't have enough in you to get that new job. You know, you might as well not. They haven't even called you back yet. That ought to tell you right there they're not interested. Whose voice are you going to believe? You know what? You, you're just going to be sick the rest of your life. You're just going to be broke down, limping the rest of your life. Whose voice are you listening to? How about listening to the voice of God? The voice of the one who created you and made you and fashioned and formed you and knew you in your mother's womb even when you didn't know anything at all. Whose voice are you going to listen to? Listen to the voice of God who tells you you will be healed, who tells you you will get that job, who tells you you will overcome and you will walk in victory and know that cycle of defeat and abuse and sin will not carry you down and keep you down the rest of your days because I am the God of more than enough. I am the God who rescues. I am the God who delivers. I am the God who heals. I am the God who comes in and saves the day because that's who I am. Quit listening to the voice of the stranger that says you're going to be alone the rest of your life. Nobody's going to love you. Nobody's going to take a second look at your way. Oh, I know you might have been divorced once, but if you try again, you're just going to end up that way again. Stop listening to the voice of the stranger and start listening to the voice of the one who created you and fashioned you. 
Listen to the voice of the one who made you and says, you can defeat this. You can overcome this. You can be all that I can be in you because it's, it's Christ that is in you and not the other way around. Listen to the voice of God. Too many people think God's voice is all about stampeding on their happiness and stampeding and trampling on their, on their joy and all that stuff. No, God's voice is all about lifting and bringing you up closer to Him and in His plan and in His purpose. God's voice establishes us. It empowers us. God's voice makes us to be able to face our giants. David said, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. David certainly knows what it means to be, have enemies. He thought it was just the giant Goliath, but it actually ended up being Saul the king. So David knows real well firsthand what it's like to have a table prepared before him in the presence of his enemies. You see, God's voice empowers us to be able to face our giants. What giant are you facing today? What giant is in your life right now? What giant is staring you down? What enemy is looking at you and said, you know what, you really can't go out and win? What giant and what enemy is staring you down it's God's voice that empowers you to be bold, to be brave, and to be strong in the midst of all of those things. And oftentimes it's hard to do that when you feel like, man, nobody else really knows what I'm dealing with. Come on, somebody. Nobody really knows what I'm really going through. If they just had an inkling and an idea of what I was going through, maybe I'd have a crowd on my side. But we've got a call to remembrance, Hebrews chapter 12, who says... We have such a great cloud of witnesses that has already gone before us. And they're up in heaven and they're leaning over the banister rail of heaven and they're looking down and they're saying, I know what it's like to deal with that. I know what it's like to contend with that. I know what it's like to go through that. I know what it's like to put up with that. But I know one thing, you can make it and you can win and you can overcome and you can run the race that you were intended to run. If you'll just drop the dead weight, run from sin and let Jesus be your guide and let let him be your Lord and let him be the one who is the lover of your soul. You'll soon see, you'll put some distance between you and your past and you'll be on your way to your future. God's voice empowers us. Amen. Am I talking to anybody today? David says, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. It's God's power coming on our life. God's power coming on our life. God anointing us for purpose. God anointing us for purpose. His voice empowers us. And let's look at the last thing. Verse 6. David says, The Lord is my shepherd. Surely your goodness and your unfailing love or mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. The fifth thing that God's voice does here in Psalm 23 is God's voice embraces us. Your goodness and your mercy, your unfailing love pursues me all the days of my life. There's not a day that goes by 
that God's goodness and His unfailing love is not chasing you and I down. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't recognize it. But God's goodness and His unfailing love, His mercy is pursuing you and me, is pursuing people every day, pursuing us all the days of our life. Why? Why would God's goodness and God's mercy come after us? Because Romans 2 tells us that it's God's goodness and kindness that leads us to repentance. It's His goodness and mercy that causes us to turn to God. And in Psalm 40, David has another psalm that he wrote because he knows what it's like to be stuck in a messy situation. He says, my feet were in, in the miry clay, but you pulled me out of the miry clay and you set my feet upon the solid rock to ensure that I would not slip. What's the big deal with God's goodness and God's unfailing love, His mercy? And that is God pulls us out of our mess and our messy situations so that we can be firm and strong in Him. We all have a mess. Sometimes we make a real big mess of our own mess, right? But I just want you to know God wants us to know if we'll hear His voice, know His voice, follow His voice. He will embrace us. And He doesn't embrace us to leave us where we're at. He doesn't embrace us to say, hey, I'm cool with your crap. I'm good with your mess. No, he embraces us to pull us out of our mess and not leave us in the condition that we were in. He pulls us out of our messy situation and changes our life. Where we once were hard in our heart, we become soft and pliable. Where we once were know-it-alls, we become soft and teachable. You see, it's God's voice that embraces us where we're at. And it's his goodness and mercy that takes us out and makes us different and changes our life. God's voice embraces us. The result, if we listen and know God's voice, is that we will change. We will change and we will not stay the same over time with Him. We will be different. See, part of God's plan and His process in our life, Thomas talked about this last week in his message about the death, the burial, and resurrection, the process of sanctification. That's part of God's plan for our life is that we will change, that we will not stay the same. We will not remain the same. You see, the goal here is for us to grow up and to become strong and mature Christians, believers, followers of Christ, and not stay infants and babes and children. But we become hungry for greater things in God. But to get there, we got to first digest the spiritual milk of His Word and allow it to put some meat on our bones spiritually. And God will, God will continue to move us along and, and spiritually develop us and mature us. There are people who, who have been saved for like 30 years, but they still act like an infant. Why? They don't listen to God's voice. 
they don't change. They don't want to change. So therefore they know if, hey, if I listen, man, I'm going to be accountable for it and all this stuff, then might as well just let it go in one ear, out the other. So the result for us is this. If we will listen and know God's voice, which is what we're supposed to do anyway, if you want to know what direction to go, what, what decisions to make, how to go about certain things in life, and how to make sure you're right, your feet are on the right path, following the right direction and going in the right way, is it's about knowing God's voice. That if we don't learn to know His voice and follow His voice, we won't grow. We won't get closer to the Lord. There'll be a distance and a gap there. We won't become more secure and strong in Him, meaning when we go through the dark, deep valleys of life, we'll be afraid. We'll get stuck. We'll hang out, camp there, make our life there, and we won't ever move on. You know, there are people that happen all the time, people... That, that stuff happens to people every single day of their life. They, something difficult happens, and they just seem to just stay there. They don't ever seem to get out of it. It might not be necessarily their fault, your fault, or what have you, but it doesn't mean the excuse is that you can stay or that you should stay. You want God to, you want God to help. You want God to come in. You want God to be a, a, a deliverer and a helper. Then that means, hey, you got to listen to his voice and follow him. If we don't listen to his voice, we won't become stronger and more secure in him. We'll, be, we'll stay weak. We'll stay scared. Just making sure you're awake. We'll stay scared. We'll stay afraid. Ain't scared. Hey, we are kind of out in the country right now, so... And we won't change. You know what happens when people won't change? They soon become isolated. They soon become dislocated from real, righteous relationships. They get down the road and they look back and they wonder, what happened? Why did all this happen to me? I thought I was born and created for greater things, and here I am in this predicament, in this place of life. I feel so far from God. I feel so insecure and unsafe and feel so afraid. I, I, just, I still am doing the same stuff I was doing five years ago. Still thinking the same way I was ten years ago, man. Nothing is changing in my life. Why? You're not listening. The more you know, the more you grow. Simple. But yet our hard-headedness and our stubbornness and our pride and sometimes our hard-heartedness, we think we know better. But if we really knew better, then why would we continue to play and hit the repeat button all the time? Friends, God has a better plan. He has a better way for us. And it's not our way. It's His way. Amen? Let's stand to our feet.